shucky ducky is the man with me. Aw, shucky ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know, we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed. In order to help make this a better USA. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain. And the most connected man in Washington. Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today? Magnificent. I understand that uh, the GOP conservatives met with three candidates last night. How yeah, did it no. go? Uh, you know, I talked to a number of them this morning, and what was interesting is every single more conservative member who had been at that meeting that I interviewed this morning, yeah. every one of them said, uh, I'm undecided. And I think what's going to happen <laughs> is is the Freedom Caucus is just a, sort of going to let everybody vote as they want to tomorrow in the GOP leadership election to nominate someone, and then decide over the next few weeks whether or not they're going to vote as a block and try to stop uh, the majority leader, Kevin McCarthy, or anyone else. McCarthy's still seen as, uh, I think, the favorite to win the nomination tomorrow, maybe even on the first ballot in the Republican conference. But the whole issue is then getting up to 218 votes on the floor of the House, as you and I have repeatedly discussed in recent days. That is still, um, you know, a big unknown, and it's uncertain. Uh, the way things have shaken out, I, I went and did some digging last night in the House rules and the precedents of the House and the history and talked to the Office of the Parliamentarian. It looks like what's going to happen is that Speaker Boehner will tender a resignation that is it is basically contingent on the election of a new speaker so that we won't be without a speaker. You understand what I'm saying there, yeah. Herman? Yes. And so he won't leave until somebody new is elected. That happened back in 1989 when Jim Wright, the Democrat of Texas, announced he was resigning as speaker. He stayed on another week until a new speaker was elected. So in that sense, we won't have an empty, vacant spot. But it could mean that if the Republicans cannot rally around one candidate, that John Boehner will be sticking around for longer than he envisioned. He did tell reporters today he's confident that all this will be wrapped up on October the 29th, but he has a level of confidence that I don't think is shared by a lot of people up here right now. So the bottom line of last night's meetings, everybody sort of seemed to say the right things. I didn't get a sense that Dan Webster picked up any uh, any kind of momentum, judging from my interviews today. I didn't get a sense that Jason Chaffetz picked up any kind of momentum, judging from those interviews. And that uh, really, the, the, everything is about where it was, in that the majority leader, Kevin McCarthy, is seen as the, as the big favorite within the GOP right now. Unbelievable. So the conservatives got their way when Boehner resigned, and now yeah. if they hold out as a block, they might have him back again. Uh, they might have him sticking around for a little while. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yes. And I asked a couple of the guys today who were, you know, Tea Party types, do you think somebody from your ranks should have run? And every single one of them sort of looked straight down at the floor and said, no, 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 we don't have the votes to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, they they know they don't have the votes to put in somebody they want. But at the same time, they have not coalesced around anyone. And I think that I do think that that hurts them uh, in a sense in this fight, because if you're not going to say, well, Herman Cain's my candidate, you know, and then you can try to rally around him as somebody against McCarthy. It's it's hard to beat somebody with nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And so I think that every day, uh, even though McCarthy stumbled and stumbled badly with his comments last week about the Benghazi committee and in the investigation, it's hurt him with other Republicans. Uh, I, I just still get the sense that organizationally he is 
hands and, and head and shoulders above everybody else who's in this race. Now, I will have to say one wild card that just came out in the last few minutes. I, I put this up on Twitter uh, just in the last 15 minutes. Walter Jones, a Republican from North Carolina. Well, I covered his dad. He's nothing like his father. His father was an old, crusty Democrat who sat and chain-smoked cigarettes in the Speaker's lobby with the ashes flying all over him and told dirty jokes and dirty stories until everybody would finally laugh too much and leave. Walter Jones, his son, the Republican from North Carolina, has put out a letter about the leadership elections on the GOP side. And I want to quote here from his news release. Jones is calling on members running in the coming leadership elections to withdraw from the elections, quoting here, if they are guilty of misdeeds that, if made public, would be embarrassing to the Republican Congress and the House of Representatives. Now, we were trying to figure out, does this mean he knows something? Does this mean that there's something out there about Dan Webster or Jason Chaffetz or, or Kevin McCarthy that we don't know about? What type of scandal? What are we talking about here? And so this has introduced another element today of uncertainty as uh, as these elections draw near. Well, see, there we go, planting uh, an idea that's not substantiated by the way he makes the statement or asks the question. And so you it raises the question in a lot of people's minds. And that's not going to help. That's also going to be counterproductive. Yeah, he says here in the letter, some of the most difficult times have been when our Republican leaders or potential Republican leaders must step down because of skeletons in their closets. We've seen it with former Speaker Newt Gingrich and Rep. Bob Livingston, who ran for Speaker in 1998. He had to withdraw. He was, he was going to be Speaker until there were revelations that he had had an affair. And so, I don't know, is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about a sex scandal here? Is he, is he basically accusing one or more of these three candidates for Speaker what's or his, a majority leader, a majority whip, that they have a problem? So, What's yeah. his name again? Walter Jones. He's from North Carolina. Okay, memo to Walter Jones. Shut up. You're not making anything any better. That's from me to him. He wrote at the bottom of the letter in his own handwriting, I believe this question is important to the integrity of the House. Jones has been sort of uh, um, his own player uh, in recent years on the Republican (laughs) side. Yeah, it sounds like it. He's and, just trying to stir the pot. Well, and, and it has stirred it, because let me tell you, when we were downstairs just a few minutes ago after Republicans held a closed-door meeting today, everybody was asking members, do you know anything about this? Have you heard about what do you think the skeleton means? And everybody was like, I don't know what it means. So, yeah, we're trying to see whether or not, uh, because uh, I certainly remember the aftermath of, of the Gingrich resignation and Livingston then stepping aside and how all hell broke loose on the floor of the House and in the hallways at that point in time. I don't know that that's we're about to see something similar. But that just sort of raises one more issue about where we're headed in this whole GOP leadership race. Unbelievable. But I guess it is believable if you watch what goes on in Washington, D.C. and the United States Congress. Well, I guess, Herman, I I look back, I was digging in some of the history. And uh, in 1855, they started off a new session of Congress and they needed to elect a speaker. So they started on December the 3rd of 1855, and they didn't finish voting until Groundhog's Day, almost two months later. It took them 133 ballots to elect a Speaker of the House. I'm not saying that's what we're about to have here, but it's sort of interesting to look at the history and see that uh, if we think we've had something crazy now, I don't know, I can find some good examples from the past, too. Now, how, I guess, all of this stuff won't affect the upcoming House vote to set up a special panel to investigate Planned Parenthood. That's going to be uh, later today. The House will vote on a resolution that would set up a special subcommittee in the Energy and Commerce Committee, which has some jurisdiction over medical matters, and that would then focus the investigation just in that panel. Now, it's interesting because that is not the committee 
of Jason Chaffetz, who chairs the Government Oversight Committee, who had a hearing last week that I have to say, his hearing and the way it was conducted raised a lot of eyebrows uh, around the Hill and within Republican circles. Some people looking at at it as a missed opportunity when they uh, dragged the, the head of Planned Parenthood in here and talked an awful lot about her salary and spending and parties at Planned Parenthood and not as much about the videos that have been so controversial. So th- th- yes, they're going to pass that today. I don't think any, maybe you might have one or two Democrats voting for it, but it could be also be none as uh, they'll, they'll focus that investigation just in one congressional committee. Now, according to Harry Reid, his objection and the president's objecting to this defense bill is that they are, the bill increases spending for defense, but not for domestic programs. Yeah, is that, that the that's rub? the basic thing. Yeah, this is the defense policy bill, what's known as the authorization bill. So in technical ways, it doesn't actually spend any money. It would just authorize the Congress to spend $38 billion plus more on defense. The whole argument of the administration is they, they want to spend $38, $39 billion more on the military, but they also want to add $38, $39 billion more for domestic spending. Frankly, I think that's probably where we're going to end up in some kind of budget deal if there is going to be an agreement, is to raise the caps on both. There's a lot of Republicans who do want to spend more on defense. They think that uh, the sequestration has really hurt the Pentagon and, and harmed the military. But I have to say there, there are some, uh, uh, some more conservative Republicans who don't like the idea of, of increasing money at all for anything right now. So I'm not quite sure where this fight's going to go. But yes, the bottom line on the Senate will approve this defense authorization bill. The president says he'll veto it. He's only made four vetoes so far during his time in office. So this would just be number five. And it's a reminder of how difficult it has been for the Republicans to get bills through the House and through the Senate past filibusters and down to the president to force him to veto things. My, my, my. What part of... That's, I think that's a bad rack. I look politically, I see what they want to do. They just want to keep spending, spending, spending. And they are basically out of tune with what the American people are saying. I believe that the American people could swallow additional defense spending without having to push up domestic spending. Especially, yeah, and that's, uh, yeah. that's certainly what will be argued by a lot of Republicans. The yeah. problem is, is that the Republicans will not be united on this. And they'll need a few uh, votes from Democrats in order to approve something like that. And the other thing is, it would be filibustered most likely in the Senate, and probably the president wouldn't even have to veto a plan like that. I mean, you know, the, the Republicans have talked a lot about how, well, the Democrats have blocked all the work on the spending bills, and that's true. But I don't think the Republicans have enough votes to get all those spending bills through the House and the Senate anyway. Now, would the president have to sign this defense policy bill? Uh, I mean, he... He's he's planning on vetoing it, but it's it's one it's one of the, it's the major defense policy bill each year that's approved. It used to be that we got it done uh, much earlier in the year, and now it's become sort of part and parcel of some of the partisan battles up here on the hill. And it may well be that this thing I think it'd be the first time I want to that can't be right. It can't be the first time it's ever been uh, vetoed, but it happens very very rarely uh, in terms of the Congress and the President. So Jeb Bush is going to the uh, UGA Tennessee game, is that right? Yeah, Jeb Bush is going to do a little more SEC tailgating uh, this weekend. He went to the uh, the Georgia-South Carolina game a few weeks ago in mid-September and did some tailgating there. He's going to be in Knoxville uh, this weekend for the Georgia-Tennessee game this weekend. And I have to say... Uh, as I, I always look at these presidential candidates and a candidate for anything, 
And if if you're not at a college football game this fall every single weekend, I don't know what you're doing with your time. <laughs> I, I mean, it just seems to me that it's just an easy way to meet people and yeah. to get out and have a little fun at the same time and not have your regular kind of event, take some pictures with some supporters. I mean, you know, you remember how important it was, Herman, for individual voters to meet you. Yeah. And the, the smile on their face and that connection that they would forever have with you, the candidate. But uh, we've only seen limited numbers of candidates going to some of the games. Bush will be up in Knoxville this weekend. Maybe it's like Hillary to show his lighter side. Well, you know, <laughs> he got a lot of good press out of it when he went to the first game. Why not good. do it every week? Hey, I think it's cool. I'm going to be watching. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day. day. On the radio and at HermanCain.com.